are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A very information-filled Monday episode for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the men tell all tonight for charity season. Kind of a snooze fest every season for the most part. Uh, an update on a Bachelor in Paradise couple who made no bones about the fact that they spent all weekend together. We're going to talk about Big Brother, and we're going to talk about the fact that the challenge was on again last night, and it will be on for the next couple weeks, two nights a week. We'll get to all that momentarily. This podcast is sponsored by Way. Sometimes small daily actions make a big difference. And when it comes to caring for your hair, a little goes a long way. Get on your way to healthier hair one day at a time with shampoos and conditioners that are just your type. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code Reality Steve for 15% off your entire purchase. Way is spelled O-U-A-I. So the website is T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Reality Steve for 15% off your entire purchase. It's also brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking for eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve50 and use code realitysteve50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve50. Use code realitysteve50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. So let's begin tonight in Bachelorette World. We've got the men tell all. And I haven't gotten any spoilers for the men tell all. I really don't think there's anything major that comes out of tonight's show. Clearly, the only two guys that anybody had a remote problem with in the house were Braden and maybe Aaron S. We've already seen that in the previews. But I think the only other major thing to come out of tonight's episode might just be the fact of what Xavier says to charity on the couch. It looks like they have a little bit of a disagreement, but look, I think the biggest things people will be talking about after tonight is the fact that we get our first shot of Gary, the golden bachelor. Although this was filmed before he started filming his season. So it's not like he's going to get up there and have anything to say about what's been going on on his season so far. He's already been, he filmed that, what was it, July 27th was Men Tell All taping, I believe. So yeah, he didn't start taping till after that. So not going to get much there. We're just going to get our first kind of sit-down interview with him in Bachelor World. He already did interviews on other platforms. And then, you know, we've got um, three former leads, Deanna, Desiree, and Trista Sutter, they're going to come on stage and sit with Charity and, you know, kind of support her. And, I mean, it's interesting, but it's not like... <laughs> I guarantee Charity never met those women until that day. So it's not like we're supposed to believe they're close friends or anything. Um, but they're there to support her. Um, I'm glad that Desiree is part of it. When Desiree was on my podcast years ago, I want to say four or five years ago, 
I had asked her then. I'm like, you guys, you and Chris really never get asked to do anything in regards to this franchise. They're almost like a, a forgotten couple, yet they've been married for years and they have two kids, right? It's like they she's never been asked. Uh, this might be her first appearance doing anything like to come back and, and give some sort of talk or to just be on a tell all show or go down to paradise with a date card. I'm pretty sure Desiree's never really been asked. If it was, maybe it was one other time. That's the only thing I can think of. But man, I mean, uh, she's, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I understand that it's, it's great to bring back former alumni. I get it. But when you bring back, Bachelorette number one, Bachelorette number, I believe Deanna was four, and Desiree was like, what was she? Uh, she was before 10, and we're on number 20. So you're bringing back Bachelorettes to sit there with charity that haven't been Bachelorettes in over 10 years minimum because Andy was the 10th bachelorette. We know Trista was one and Desiree was four. I mean, uh, Deanna was four. So Desiree was probably what? Uh, seven or eight. <laughs> it's like, okay, but we're on season 20. What are you, what are you doing? Bringing them out? Nothing against them, I understand, bringing back alumni, but wouldn't you bring back alumni that are kind of more recent? I don't know. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and it doesn't bode well for the franchise when three of the bachelorettes that were women of color, the only three black bachelorettes you had before charity, none of them really want anything to do with the franchise anymore. You basically ran Michelle off of Bachelor Happy Hour. Rachel Lindsay would rather poke out her own eyeballs with a fork than have to, anything to do with this franchise. And Tasha is kind of off doing her own thing. Like, she's kind of moved on from this franchise. She doesn't do anything Bachelor-related anymore. So, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I see what they're trying to do, but it's kind of a weird look because we know Charity isn't friends with any of these women. I mean, maybe they will be going forward, and maybe they'll be BFFs until they're all 80 years old. My guess would be no, but... Just kind of a weird group to bring out for her. You know? Like I said, all three of those women were bachelorettes before season 10. Charity is season 20. I just, I don't get it. But maybe I'm not supposed to get it. Maybe that's the whole point. One thing about the men tell all that I can't stand, you're going to see it tonight, is these handmade signs by production that they give to the audience that we're going to get, you know, quick shots of when they do shots of the audience and it's just like are, are we in sixth grade seriously because the bachelor at abc put one of those shots of the audience with their posters that i'm telling you the audience doesn't make these posters this is made by production and it's given to the people in the audience to hold it up and cheer one of them says this barbie is my favorite bachelorette with a cutout picture of charity and then this other one this other sign says Charity, I have your clarity with two pictures of Charity cut out of it. It looks like it honestly, honestly, I'm, I'm no lie here. This looks like the scrapbook I used to make of Alyssa Milano when I was in fifth grade. 
and I would literally go to the store and get Teen Beat and Bop and just cut pictures out of her and put them in a book. That's what these pictures look like of Charity. They're just stuff you can get off the internet. Charity, I have your clarity. What $7.50 an hour intern made that poster? This is just bad. Just so bad. And these and these posters, they literally look like they're made from somebody in sixth grade. I obviously somebody from working on the show did it. But you know how when you write on a poster, if you don't like measure this shit out, the writing looks wonky. It's all heading in one direction and it's not even, it's not parallel across the poster board. This this Barbie is my favorite bachelorette is like not even lined up correctly. <laughs> I just it's just so silly. So dumb. Uh, an update on a Bachelor in Paradise couple that I don't know what happened to them on the show, but clearly post-show they are together. I'm assuming they either left as a couple but didn't go to the fantasy suites, or I don't I don't believe they got engaged at the end. Um, I don't think they were there at the end. Uh, I could be wrong, but um, it is very clear that Avon and Kylie uh, are together. Avon from Rachel's season and Kylie, which was on Zach's season. Um, both of them on August 10th last week posted from the Jason Aldean concert in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then both of them on their Instagram stories on Saturday were literally sitting. They took a picture from literally the same exact section of the Carolina Panthers game exhibition game, the, uh, preseason game this past Saturday against the jets. It's like they were within 10 minutes of each other, and they were literally in the same section of the end zone. It's like, okay, guys, we, we get it. So they're not trying to hide anything. They're clearly together. Um, I, I even lives in San Diego. I don't know why he would go to Charlotte with Kylie for Jason Aldean concert on Thursday night, and then um, the Carolina Panthers preseason game on Saturday afternoon. So there's an update on them. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's talk a little bit about Big Brother from last night. Boy, it didn't really help that the St. Jude Championship for the FedEx Cup in the PGA was, one, delayed 90 minutes because of a rain delay earlier in the day, and two, went to a playoff. Big Brother's supposed to come on at 7 my time. It went on at 8.15, so... Yeah, it went on from 8.15 to 9.15, then challenge 9.15 to 10.15 Central Time. 
That was uh, because of golf. Golf ran over big time, but it wasn't supposed to go over. They had a 90-minute rain delay, so don't blame golf. However, you know I just told you how corny the men tell-all is or any of the tell-all shows where they give the audience those posters that are written by production and they say something stupid like, Charity, I've got your clarity. I mean, just think of the... Think of the person who came up with that poster. Oh, I want to do a poster that rhymes. How about charity? I've got your clarity. And they're giving it to a fan. So for people that don't know that production writes these posters out and gives them to the audience, someone watching at home might be like, oh, somebody brought a sign. Oh, they wrote a sign that said, charity, I have your clarity. What the fuck would somebody in the audience have any clarity about for charity? It, it literally makes no I know I'm harping on this. It literally makes no sense. It is so stupid. Which then brings me to Big Brother. <laughs> the Nether region? Really? The Nether Gorgon? Again, are we in fourth grade here? This show, as I was talking about it with Kate Casey on the podcast last week, Big Brother literally should be on Nickelodeon. It's so kid-friendly. I half expect one of these challenges coming up to be a giant peanut butter and jelly sandwich and someone's got to pull a flag out of it. This is double dare for adults is what Big Brother is. These challenges are so dumb. And the overacting by all these people. They have to listen to the Nether Gorgon give directions for the challenge, and they're all standing there huddled, and they're grasping each other's arms, and they've got these scared looks on. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're scared of what? You're on a network television show. Nothing's going to happen to you. There aren't real Gorgons out there. A zombie isn't going to come and take your life. Stop with the overacting, please. Man, I really want to give Big Brother a chance. I will watch it, but I'm telling you, give me Survivor every fucking day of the week and twice on Sundays over this kitty show. I mean, it's not even close. Did you see the way they were acting? They literally thought they were in a horror movie and that someone was going to come kill them with an axe or Jason Voorhees was going to come running around the corner in his hockey mask. Come on, guys. Seriously. Now, here's something about that challenge that I don't understand. And remember how I've been talking about coming across spoilers on TikTok? Well... This week, I came across two things on TikTok in regards to Big Brother, either Friday or Saturday. Number one, I'm just scrolling through my For You page, and there it is in bold letters, Heisem wins HOH. It's like, great, thanks. <laughs> so obviously, I knew he was going to win that. However, one of the other clips that I saw was Matt talking to some guy, somebody in the house. It was, it was a guy, I think. And Matt was talking to them, telling him, how it's very difficult for him in challenges because he can't hear. He's good at reading lips, but he can't hear. And the other and, and the person that was with him suggested something about, well, maybe production should like shine a light or whatever. Because remember during uh, live eviction on Thursday, 
After he gave his vote, Julie said, thank you, Matt. And Matt just sat there for 15 seconds. He didn't know. We just, it was just really awkward silence. And that's probably because Matt did not hear Julie say something. But then he heard her say, hi, Matt, when he got in there. So I'm, I'm not really sure what happened there. But it was you saw Thursday's live eviction. It was kind of awkward. Right after he gave his vote, Julie said, thank you, Matt. And he just sat there for 10 seconds and looked in the camera. And I, I don't know when anybody knew what to do because the producers are behind a wall. They can't say, hey, Matt, you can get up and leave now because he wouldn't hear that. And Julie, if she's coming in over a microphone, you're not going to hear that. So I don't know what they did, but they got his attention, told him he needs to get out of the room. Same thing with the nether gorgon. <laughs> I, I feel so stupid just even saying that. But the nether gorgon was giving them instructions over a loudspeaker. How the hell did Matt hear anything that was going on in that th- in that competition? I didn't understand that. And I don't understand going forward how he hears anything Julie is saying over a loudspeaker for any competition. He's already had this conversation with somebody saying it's tough for me. So is this fair? Is something being done? Again, I'm not watching the live feeds. I don't know what's being also being said on the live feeds. The only thing I'm getting of what's going on off CBS that's not on CBS is anything I happen to come across on TikTok. But yeah, it seems like Matt is at a disadvantage because he can only read lips. And if Julie is over a loudspeaker giving them instructions on how the comp is going to work or a veto is going to work, how is Matt hearing that? If anyone has an answer, I'd like to know. Um, Riley and Cameron being up for eviction. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because we knew that Heisem was going to go for two people from the um, alliance of eight. I know five was handful, and the other side that Heisem is on, the seven of them are the professors. What's the eight called again? Uh, the Gorgons? Uh, the Nether Gorgons? I don't know. I don't care. But I know they have a name. I forgot what it was. Anyway, um, Jared playing both sides. And when Jared kept hugging Riley and kept getting up in her face saying, do not worry, he knew the whole time that she was going up. So uh, if Riley doesn't save herself, good chance she's going home. Although I think I did see something or read something somewhere where people in the house hate Cameron, but I don't know what he did. So maybe he's going home. Unless one of them saves themselves and wins the veto. And the veto's already happened, right? So we already know, I mean, some people already know who the veto winner is, right? So I don't want to know, but I'm pretty sure it's already happened. As for the challenge, we'll end with this. Thank you to everyone who came to my rescue on Thursday and explained after th- on uh, after on Friday you emailed me after I said, what's the deal with the challenge and the balls in the hopper? It didn't make any sense to me. You've all explained it. So for the, for those that were on my side and didn't understand it, um, all those votes that TJ reads and puts on the board, like bananas, you got four balls. Monty, you got four balls. Those are the amount, the same amount of balls that they show on the screen are the same amount that are going in the hopper. So everybody that appears on that screen, the amount of balls they have next to their name are the amount of balls going in the hopper. I just wish TJ would have said that. It would have been so much easier, and I never would have had any you know, confusion about how it was being chosen if TJ said 
If your name appears up on this screen, however many balls appear next to your name, that's how many balls will be in the hopper for you to possibly get picked. That would have made the most sense. Very straightforward, very easy. But he never said that. I don't think he did. But everyone seemed to know the answer except me. So Monty and Bananas each had four balls. Of the 16 balls to start last night's episode, 12 of them were for men and four of them were for women, yet the one ball that came out of the hopper ended up being for a woman. And it was Amira going up against Michelle, and Amira lost. So Amira is gone. And the other thing, um, if you didn't know this, maybe you didn't even know there was an episode last night. I knew it because of the end of Thursday's episode. But for the next two weeks, there's going to be a Thursday episode and a Sunday episode. And then it's Thursday episodes for the rest of the week. So if you want to know the dates and the schedule, it breaks down like this. This Thursday, the 17th. This Sunday, the 20th. This Then the following Thursday, the 24th. Then Sunday, the 27th. And then five straight Sundays are episodes Oh, this uh, this is skipped an episode. This says episode 7, 9, 10, 11, 12. Should be 8. So it looks like um, 8, 9, 10, 11. I don't know why they only have 11 episodes on here, but it only goes to September 28th. Um, Well, just looking at that and considering the game started with 8 on each team, so 24 people, let's say, what, 6 or 8 get to your finals? 3 men, 3 women get to your finals, maybe 4? Maybe eight total. You need 16 eliminations. And you only got 11 episodes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do this, but maybe it goes longer. And this, I'm just looking at something that's wrong. But Sunday episodes are going to be the next two weeks, August 20th and August uh, 27th. And then it's Thursday for the rest of the season, however many episodes that may be. So. The other twist they added last night was you can defect after you won. I know this is something they've done in the past. It was on one of the challenge seasons on MTV. Totally forget which season that was. There wasn't defecting early on, but people did defect later on in the game. I think Bananas said it even last night in one of the confessionals. Like, this will be some people's only play at this point is to defect as we get, as the numbers start dwindling down. If you look at the preview for the rest of the season, Banana's in quite a few previews, so it looks like he's going to last, even though they seem to be targeting the vets, which is what people have always wanted on this show. Some people say, I'm sick of the vets. They get in the game, and they dominate, and they pick off all the rookies. Well, now the rookies are doing what they're supposed to do, or the non-vets are doing what they have always said they wanted to do, but they never end up doing because they don't want to piss the vets off. Now... As evidenced by last night, Tori is an absolute beast. Who's beating her from the rookies or new people from Big Brother or Survivor? I don't know who's beating her in a challenge. So just the fact that she absolutely obliterated John A makes me think that I don't know if Tori's ever going in again. I know they want to get a vet out. I don't know if they're going after Tori. I think they realize, oh, shit. I... You know, unless they play the odds of like, literally, let's just put her in every time. Can she constantly win every week? I don't know. But just looking at the previews, I mean, I guess the clips they show of Bananas could be the next two episodes. I, you know, I don't know how the challenges are 
what episodes, what challenges are in. I don't know the spoilers for this season, and I don't want to know. But it looks like Bananas is going to be around a while. So I don't know how much this Let's Go After the Vets lasts. One vet is already gone. John A., gone. But it seems like the vets might have some support. Because you've got your five vets that are left. And then you've still got, like, I consider Josh a vet. I consider Fessy a vet. Because while they started on Big Brother... That's their original shows. They've been on the challenge way more. So that's why I consider them a vet. Will they team up with Bananas and Pauly? I consider Pauly a vet. Will they consider, you know, if, I mean, look, if Fessy, Josh, Bananas, Wes, and Pauly all stayed loyal to each other, I mean, who, who's going after them? Who's beating them? Uh, nobody. <laughs> so it's very tough to say, kind of like early Big Brother alliances. You know, we had the handful alliance. It's like, great. And then they added three people. It's like, great. Now two of the five from the handful are already going, and if neither of them win the veto, one of them is going home. So already handful had this five-person alliance, and it's already destroyed by the second eviction of the season. Same thing with an early alliance on MTV. You can have it, but considering so much is now a game of chance, because essentially the vote, the anonymous vote, is really no different how they do it on MTV. Except on MTV, they've always done a, hey, I'm voting for you. You know who's voting for you. All this is is just anonymous, and then the anonymous vote doesn't even mean, hey, Whoever got the most votes it's in, it's, oh, we're putting it in the hopper, and it's still a game of chance. So in a game of chance like this, it's impossible to predict what alliances are staying together because we have no idea on any given week, is that hopper going to spit out a name that is uh, a male? Is it a female? What if we have four straight weeks of female hopper games? You know, a name coming out of the hopper that's a female or four straight weeks of a male. Like, it's impossible to predict. And, you know, <laughs> conspiracy theorist Steve here says, do we really know that every single name in the hopper is the way it appeared on the screen? Were there four Monty balls in there and four bananas balls in there and, you know, the breakdown to start last night's episode? How do we know? All we see is a, all we see is a machine with a bunch of yellow balls in it and TJ presses a button and it spits one to him. How do we know this isn't fixed? I understand that there are standards and practices and they're in games where there's a money prize involved. There are people on set, but I've heard things through the years that, I mean, shit, I heard this on bachelor pad. It was supposed to be that way on bachelor pad. And I heard that people were being <laughs> production was swaying people to vote certain ways. So don't tell me that it would be impossible for all those hopper balls to have literally the same name on them. And they just know who they want to go in to create a better storyline. It's just a theory. I'm not saying that is the case, but if you come back to me with, no, it's a game show, there's standards and practices, I'll tell you the same exact thing. Bachelor, Bachelor Pad, the three seasons of that, that game was for money. I was told there were standards and practices on that set as well, and yet I was also told production was telling people who they needed to vote for so that person could be leaving the show. So... 
I don't know if it's done that way on MTV. Maybe they're a lot stricter. I have no idea. I'm just saying, how do we, the audience, know that there isn't fixing going on? They can't fix who wins. They can just fix the matchup. And maybe they have certain matchups that they want to see, and maybe they have certain matchups that they don't want to see, and maybe they have certain people that got the most balls, and, oh, wow, they had the most balls, yet they didn't get picked. You never know. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. Sports Daily uh, will be up in an hour from now. Again, thanks for all the support. Thanks for listening every single day, every single week, every single month. Uh, It certainly helps the podcast. Pass it along to anybody else that you think would be interested in listening to me talk for 25 minutes a day. Thanks again, everybody. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.